Welcome to another episode of the Figure It Out Podcast. I'm Ryan, and this week we've got a short episode that is going to kind of be piggybacking off of my last episode about sports cards. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll get right into it. As you may have seen in the title, um, the big question is, why is the card market a thing? I feel like I tell many people about... Uh, about the card market and how it's going completely nuts and a lot of times the answer I get back is uh, is people being completely baffled um, by the fact that these pieces of paper are are uh, going completely insane price wise and uh, I always just look at it and and my answer back is I mean look at any other financial market um, they're not even pieces of paper that's going crazy. Literally, uh, an electronic, um, I mean, literally with a click, you can buy tons and tons and shares of a company, um, which is literally just an electronic piece of paper, essentially. So um, today, I kind of wanted to talk uh, about that question. Uh, why is the card market a thing? Uh, I, I've got a short episode planned today, but I do have some notes written down. This very well may go into a rant, just like many of my other episodes. And um, I mean, I guess if you don't enjoy uh, listening to my rants, don't listen to the uh, the show. So, um, so yeah, uh, if you haven't listened to my previous episode, um, this one I literally just posted last week um, about trading cards going completely insane. I mean, there's other stuff too, um, within that trading card kind of market, you know, moving into Pokemon and a few other types of, uh, cards, but most of what I've been focusing on lately is sports. Um, you know, more in particular basketball, just because it's been so hype lately. Um, but that's mostly what I've been focusing on. But my, my short answer is, to the to the question that I pose in the title um, is that this is just like any other market out there. Uh, the card market works on simple supply and demand um, economics, folks. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. If you've taken an economics class, a lot of what it is is supply and demand. Um, when you have uh, what we used to call it in class is widgets. That was always the example because it's not really a thing, but it's like a an example of a product, I guess. Um, and basically if a company produces a fixed amount of widgets and the demand for those widgets goes up, um, the price is going to go up. Um, same with vice versa. If the demand, um, stays equal, we used to, I think it's Severus Paribus is the way to say it. All, all things uh, remaining equal. Um, and the supply skyrockets, uh, your price is going to go down, um, that's just simple supply and demand economics right there. Um, and that's kind of the same foundation that we'll see in the card market and in any market. I mean, in the sneaker market, which I think I was going to, I was planning on touching on a little bit uh, later in this episode, um, that literally, you know, it's the same deal. You have you have a company like Nike that's releasing a new colorway of a Jordan 1 and lots and lots of people like that colorway, uh, you get on the sneakers app, which is the app that they drop all the new shoes on. Um, you know, it's going to be really difficult to get that shoe because they release it at one price. Um, so everyone's going to want to pick it up because as soon as they release it, if that shoe sells out, that means that more people wanted it 
than what was produced, which means that the price will go up because people are willing to pay a little bit more in order to actually get that shoe. Um, same kind of deal with cards, even though they're not necessarily getting getting dropped quite as much. Um, by dropped, I mean released. Um, there's not like it. I mean, I guess I don't I don't know if there is or not. Um, but there's not a ton of like like releases that happen all the time where it's really tough to get a card. It's more like cards will come in these big packs. People open those packs and then submit the cards to grading. Um, and that's where I kind of have moved into is, is the gra the graded cards. Um, I don't really mess around with packs too much. Um, I, all that I have is graded cards. Uh, I have a few raw cards, but, um, for the most part, they're graded raw just means ungraded. Just saying, um, sorry, I will be spitting out random information throughout this. Uh, and I probably did last week too. Um, just random, my uh, uh, lingo that comes from the sports card industry that um, I'm not going to pretend like I know everything about. Um, but these last, just probably this last month or two, I've been going complete ham on doing research. So, um, I mean, I know a decent amount of the lingo already. Uh, so kind of to keep rolling on through this, um, any other market, I mean, the housing market, uh, bond market, which kind of goes in, it's, it's kind of viewed in contingency with, um, with stock market, but, um, but you know, the market for used computers would be like this really anything. Cause even though looking at, you know, houses or used computers, um, as an example, um, it's not necessarily something that's completely desirable by, by the public to the point where everybody wants one and, and only half of them can get them. Uh, it's not really how that works. Um, it's more or less, um, it's like the prices kind of settle in quicker, I guess, because, uh, it's less of a, um, hyped up product, I guess. But, um, either way, all of those markets are, are, you know, built upon supply and demand, just like anything else. Um, related to, to economics. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to display is, is that like, it's not, this isn't just some BS that, that people are, are, um, you know, forcing it into a bubble because they're paying ridiculous prices for something. It's because there's a short number, um, there's a short population of a card. And if lots of people want it, that card price goes up and that's just how it is. Um, you know, I was listening to an episode of uh, Sports Card Investor this morning, actually, when I was uh, mowing the lawn conveniently. Um, I was listening to Jeff, the guy that runs the the um, the channel and the show and everything, and he was talking about how a lot of the sports card investor haters um, are saying that already there's way too many cards being produced and all this stuff. But in in reality, when you look at it. Um, when you look at like Luka Doncic, uh, if I pronounce that right, I, I hope I did, but I'm not sure. Um, he's, uh, he's on the Mavericks and he's been amazing, like incredibly amazing and tons and tons of people love his card. Um, you know, quick tangent update. I sold mine, uh, a week or uh, a week and a half ago, I believe. And it has gone up significantly since. So that's great. But, um, back to what I was talking about, um, these Luka cards, um, hit like his base, uh, 
Prism rookie card is going for tons and tons of money. Um, I'll actually look it up uh, while I'm on the computer here. Um, so just bear with me for a minute here while I look up this, uh, this card. So this is probably one of the more popular cards um, from him, and it's his rookie uh, Panini Prism card, so 2018. And this is the base card that we're going to look at. So just kind of the straight up regular uh, card, but um, we're going to look at PSA 10 and PSA 9. I own the PSA 9, which I bought at $100, and right now um, it just sold for $709.50. That was the most recent sale. Um, and then the most recent sale of the PSA 10, which is perfect uh, gem mint condition, is was uh, $1,937.50. And you may think that that's completely ridiculous for, you know, essentially a piece of paper in a plastic case that, and the case just says that this card is perfect. Um, but, you know, it, looking at the population numbers even still, 12,648 um, have been known to have been graded as a 10 from PSA. Um, that's a, it, it's a relatively big population when you look at sports cards, because, you know, in past years, you'll look at, at even even base uh, prism cards um, that are, you know, still in the hundreds that haven't even hit a thousand um, with population. But um, a really, really good point that Jeff made from Sports Card Investor is that there's way, way more uh, than 12,648 people out there that really, really want that card. Um, and clearly there's enough of them that are willing to pay that nearly $2,000 price point, um, for that card. Um, so that's kind of where, that's where it almost justifies that, that this is a real market and it's not just fake. Um, yes, there's high populations there. Um, but the supply is not going unchecked, um, because the demand is so high. Yes. If there was oversupply, um, and the demand was going unchecked, yeah, that would kind of be an issue. And, um, you know, the other thing I like about this market uh, is that there's less manipulation going on. It's it's a little bit more pure. I mean, obviously, companies have the ability to do whatever they want with, with production. Um, but looking in the stock market, I mean, especially as of late, we've been seeing a lot of uh, stock buybacks over the past five years or so. And, um, you know, obviously companies have, have specific reasons for doing those stock buybacks. Uh, but basically the big, the big thing that it ends up doing is it actually inflates their, their stock price because there's, I mean, essentially there's a finite number of shares of a company that you can have. Um, and if companies continue to produce shares, I guess, and, uh, and, um, uh, like, flood the market with shares of their own company that just dilutes the stock which means that your your personal share is worth less um so the idea uh in that is is that the price is probably going to go down but when you look at a buyback um companies are essentially reducing the the actual supply of that share um so they're they're making your share worth more which causes the stock price to grow um which 
Not that I'm going to say that every company out there is just trying to buy back their stock to make their stock price grow, but there's no way that they didn't consider that when they went and did it. Um, so that's just a few, you know, obviously the, there's government interventions in the stock market um, and all that kind of stuff. So that's where this is almost even, I don't want to call it safer because it's not safer because there's a lot of risk in this. But it's there's less uh, there's less invisible hand going on, and uh, and it, the market uh, of the sports cards kind of it does a good job at correcting itself. Um, when when there's no invisible hands hanging around, um, you know the market tends to correct itself. So it's a, it's very interesting looking at this as compared to the stock market, or just as compared to the market of goods um, overall. Uh, especially, you know, taking multiple econ classes in college and, and how we talked about it. And those classes were pretty interesting. And, and comparing all this to that, it's, it's almost like this is the really raw form of all of it. Um, you know, the reason prices go up uh, is because a player's doing really well or a player gets traded to a good team or whatever. Um, the reasons the price will go down can very, very well be because um, I player got injured or they're playing like crap or whatever. Um, there's a lot more technical stuff too. looking at it, you know, looking at these two cards that I just referred to, um, the PSA nine and PSA 10 of the same card. I can actually look at on this uh, market movers data tool. I can actually look at the ratio of PSA 10 to PSA nine, and I can see that it's 2.73. Um, that, that ratio, um, or so I've learned, um, it's close to three, which is pretty good. It means that it's it's kind of corrected. It's it's where it's supposed to be. Um, the idea is, is that there's actually opportunity to buy when you see uh, a ratio number that's kind of out of whack. Um, whether you're comparing a base to a silver or a base to a... Uh, or I'm sorry, a base to a silver or uh, a PSA 10 versus nine or other different grades. Um, once you start to get numbers in the fours and fives area and even up in the six area, that means that um, I, either one of two things, the, 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 num the card that's on top is overvalued compared to the one on the bottom or completely the opposite, the card on the bottom's undervalued um, as opposed to the one on the top. Uh, I guess they're not the opposite. Those are complementary, um, but the idea stands the same. There's either there's either a reason to sell if there's no reason why the card sh is should be going up, um, or there's a reason to buy uh, because that means that that card that's on the bottom of the fraction um, very well may be a lagging uh, card, whereas the one on top. Um, might have shot off already and the one on bottom is waiting in the wings to do the same um, that's an opportunity to buy maybe there's also a vice versa there um, when you look at uh, when you look at like a, a number that's lower um, lower than than that three getting down into the two and one um, but the 2.73 is a pretty good spot um, so, you know, I wouldn't say that there's a massive opportunity in either one of these cards separately, not that there isn't one in his cards overall. Um, but sometimes that's what I'll look for when comparing two cards. Um, I know that was a random tangent. I just wanted to kind of talk about how there is a lot of specifics that can go into this, a lot of data that actually drives this and less, um, 
less just kind of shooting in the dark or just picking up people that you enjoy watching. I mean, you're welcome to do that. That's awesome. I know a lot of people recommend that when you start investing, you should invest in companies that you're uh, related to somehow. So, you know, if you like Apple products, invest in Apple. Um, you know, people say that. I I don't know exactly why they say you should do that because it's not always going to be a good idea. Um, I mean, maybe maybe you shopped at JCPenney a ton and really, really loved it. So you bought their stock at $56 and, and two months later it went down to like, 25 cents or whatever it did it took a huge dive um this was a while ago uh so that was just an example but um i i can't say that i would always just recommend that you should just invest in someone as in a player that you really like invest in a player that's actually you know good and and has like a future maybe and and there's a lot that goes into it so i can't detail all of it right now course I meant to make this a short episode um, and I'm lying to you guys because I'm at about um, gosh probably close to like 18 minutes now maybe not quite Um, I didn't uh, I I was trying to factor in my intro whatever so we're gonna go back into this Um, one of the other things about the sports card industry and this is the same with shoes is that there is an investment portion to it and there's money to be made, but there's also a collector's portion of it. Um, like I just said, I don't know that I can recommend that you should just invest in in uh, players that you really like, but there's lots of people that are in this market for the simple reason of collecting and they love certain players and they want to collect their cards, which also is what makes this super, super strong. Um, I can't say I know a lot of people um investing um in like houses or or even stocks as an example i know i keep using stocks as like the 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 devil um child of this whole thing but um but i i don't know a ton of people that that do it because they they really really love that company and they just want to say that they own shares of that company I mean, I know people that are tied to a company and think they're going to do well, but most people are, are in markets like that um, or, you know, to make money. I mean, that's the idea. Whereas in in shoes, in sports cards, people also buy this stuff because they really enjoy it. They want to keep it. They want to tell their friends that they've got this card and blah, 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 which I think also kind of makes this market strong. Um so that's part of why card market is a thing, um, because you've got you don't just have people just trying to invest and make money straight up. Um, that's not how it should be. Um, it, it's you've got people that actually are passionate. Not to say us investors aren't passionate, um, but you've got people that are super passionate about certain cards and about certain players, and really just want to own those players. Um, you got people like me that are just doing it for the investment. Lots of people are on the same boat. Um, but I think when you have that mix, it, it makes things a little bit stronger. Uh, not to say that if we have some sort of economic downturn, this isn't the first thing to go because it will probably fall apart. Um, because people like it's a luxury to tell you the truth. So people aren't going to want to buy the luxury. Um, so it's very possible that it will fall apart. Um, you know, both of these, like they're going to come with a high risk. Um, obviously there's high risk in sports cards. 
Um, we wouldn't be making money in it right now if it wasn't. Um, there's always a possibility that a player is going to get injured and, and you know, lose their lose their play you know i mean some players just they get injured and they just can't come back for from it even if they do um i was watching another video about how certain players will kind of reach a certain age and all of a sudden their their stats start to drop off so it's possible that you buy a player thinking that they're going to be an all-time great and all of a sudden they just kind of drop off and fall into the abyss um so i'm i'm not going to say this as like a uh some guy that's made a bunch of money and never lost um, because I think you need to look at both sides to it. Um, but uh, I'm going to stop kind of over justifying all of this. I think that that was a pretty halfway decent explanation at why the card market is a thing. Um, if it wasn't, uh, please Google it. Please do some research. Uh, Sports Card Investor is an awesome place to go to do some reading and just some research on how this whole thing works. I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you that you're late on it because I think there's a lot of opportunities still. Um, but a lot of fun has already happened. I, I will say that. A lot of money that has been made has already been made. Um, so, But I think there's still, still opportunities to get into it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and roll on to the intro. Actually, um, I wanted to just say a few things. Um, I know a lot of my episodes are rants. Um, I would like to start getting into more of um, kind of like side episodes, I guess. Maybe I'll do like one rant a week and then try and try and work in like an episode or two that it's actually planned out. Um, maybe some sort of uh, chronological kind of thing. I'm not really sure. I know I've said I'll do a lot on this podcast and there's a lot of things I haven't done. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I've got school coming up, uh, and that's all online, but nevertheless, I'm going to be busy and, uh, yeah, but we'll, uh, we'll see how much time I can put into, into making, uh, making these episodes. I certainly enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy it too. Um, so now I'm going to move into the outro. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Figure It Out podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to me uh, talk about sports cards and the market, why it's a thing. Uh, again, if you finish this episode and you haven't listened to my last episode, please go back there. It'll just kind of provide a little bit of a, um, a base for this one, uh, even if you've already gotten through this one. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.